This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by ExtremeTerrain.com, your Jeep Wrangler off-road outfitter and authority in all things Jeep. YJ, TJ, JK, and JL related. Extreme Terrain is dedicated to providing accurate information and top-notch customer service for the hottest Jeep parts around. Stay tuned to this episode of the Jeep Talk Show to learn more about Extreme Terrain's new interactive JK Wrangler wheel and tire configurator. For all things Wrangler, Jeep it real at ExtremeTerrain.com. Episode 313, December 28th, 2017. We're celebrating seven years of podcasting. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by the Amazon Echo, that lovely little device that listens and obeys your every command, you know, like your spouse does in your daydreams. Yeah. Now you can listen to the Jeep Talk Show news on your Echo. Just say, Alexa, enable Jeep Talk Show news, and we'll be a part of each and every flash briefing. Don't have an Amazon Echo? Well, go get one. But first, go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And thanks in advance. Well, take two 700-horsepower vehicles, put them head-to-head, and what do you get? Well, the 1,400-horsepower shootout of the year, that's what. But what does it have to do with a Jeep, you may ask? Well, because a Jeep was one of them. Jeep, and I'm saying this in a good way, was a bit batshit crazy when it decided to stuff <laughs> a supercharged 6.2-liter Hellcat V8 under the hood of the Jeep Grand Cherokee. All 707 horsepower of it. Why? Because why the hell not? Seriously, if BMW and Porsche can sell a 600 horsepower sub 600 horsepower SUV, then surely little old America can step up to the plate with a little grunt of its own. No? And Jeep did just that with the Grand Cherokee Trackhawk. Not only did it manage to beat the power rating of any other SUV in its class by a bare butt spanking 100 horsepower, it upstaged another FCA vehicle to boot. That's right, in a head-to-head, no-holds-barred, full-on drag race, the new Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat widebody wasn't even enough to dethrone the new king of the track. Upon takeoff, the Grand Cherokee Trackhawk immediately leaps ahead and is able to maintain its lead. In case you're wondering, both vehicles are completely stock, with no aftermarket modifications whatsoever. Even the tires are stock. So, what's the Trackhawk's secret sauce beating anything that's thrown at it? Well, it's all about that legendary Jeep all-wheel drive. Sending all of that power to all four wheels makes a massive difference compared to a rear-wheel drive vehicle. That said, the Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk is still one of the most ridiculous vehicles on sale today. Is it an off-road SUV? Is it a muscle SUV? Does it even really matter, folks? Sometimes the more ridiculous something is, the more we want it. Kind of explains a lot of our downloads, doesn't it? (laughs) Anyways, from how fast to how loud. That's right. Just how noisy is the new Jeep Wrangler JL at freeway speeds? Now, one of the things that Jeep has been synonymous for over the years is, well, it's a brick going down the road. Not exactly what we call 
aerodynamic. Now, one of the most interesting features of the new 2018 Jeep Wrangler Sahara is its one-touch power gliding, power sliding top. Jeep claims that at speeds up to 60 miles per hour, you can just push a button and slide the panoramic roof back for that open air feeling on demand. Now, that's great from a convenience perspective, but how well does it hold up to the elements? As we all know, that whole Freedom Top debacle was an absolute failure. One group who regularly tests new vehicles got a chance to drive a brand new Wrangler JL back from Phoenix, Arizona to their home base in Boulder, Colorado. Upon arriving, they took a look at the, at the new Jeep and they took it to a local car wash to test its, well, to test the top's water tightness. The top itself didn't leak, as you would expect from a brand new Jeep. However, water did run over the sides a little bit of the top and along the gutters and into the Wrangler when they opened up the door. Ah, yes, that wonderful Jeep top waterfall. Many know and love it so well. Well, now they're back with another test. The goal is to see just how noisy the top is when driving down the road in windy conditions. And that's what TFL Car did on their latest test of the Jeep Wrangler JL. In sustained 40 mile per hour winds with gusts of up to 60 miles per hour, they drove at freeway speeds in both headwind and side winds. The results? Well, even in the hardest of gusts, the cabin remained nice and quiet. Using a handheld decibel meter, the testers accurately measured the in-cab volume levels as they drove and encountered these winds. Not once did the meter spike over 70 decibels, and in most cases, hovered around 62 to 65 decibels. To put that in perspective, Jeepers, if you were to walk into, say, the bedroom of your house or maybe a small library, the average standing room noise is about 40 decibels. In the living room with a small fan running or the TV going in the background, that would be around 50 decibels or so. And you and I carrying on a normal conversation would be in the 55 to 60 decibel range, depending on how excited we're talking about our Jeep parts. <laughs> now, a 7 Series BMW traveling at 85 miles per hour has a cabin noise level of 67 decibels, according to the National Auto Noise Level Database. So, what does all that mean? Well, it means that the new Wrangler J Jeep Wrangler JL is just about as quiet on the road as a luxury sedan. Now, this, of course, changes as soon as you, well, do anything jeepy to it, like putting on a roof rack or some lights, lift it, and slap some mud terrain tires on it. I mean, come on. We didn't buy a Jeep so we could carry on meaningful conversations with our passengers while diving down the road, did we? Did we? No, I didn't get that memo. Well, here it is, guys. What I was teasing about last week. More Wrangler pickup than Wrangler Wrangler, is it? Well, it's definitely more truck than anything. Last week, I teased about some juicy tidbits of info that just came out about the upcoming new Jeep pickup suspension. About two years ago, we started hearing rumors about the new Jeep pickup. More recently, we heard it would probably be called the Jeep Scrambler. But beyond that, Jeep has done a really good job of keeping a lid on the leaks. Of course, since we know it's supposed to be a Wrangler, well, it's Wrangler-based, and Jeep recently revealed the new Wrangler, we can probably figure a few things out by extrapolation. But based on the latest spy photos that are just coming out, it looks like the Scrambler will be more than just a JL Wrangler with a pickup bed slapped on it. Specifically, it looks like Jeep swapped out the Wrangler suspension for one that is heavily inspired by the full-size Ram 1500. Compared side-by-side, -side, the similarities between the Ram 1500 suspension and the one a spy photographer caught refueling at a gas station are impossible to miss. The control arms, pan hard rod, rear stabilizer bar, and anti-roll bar almost look identical from one to the other. Jeep has kept the look of the Scrambler pretty close to the Wrangler with a bed type of look that we've been expecting. But based on these latest spy shots, it's clear that a lot more engineering has gone to its development than we might have expected. Much like what we've seen thus far that went into a lot of the features of the, of the new Wrangler JL that we've been boasting about since its release. Well, hey, 
Big thanks out there to all of you guys who help us out each and every week by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you have a response to any one of our stories or you got something you think we should be reporting on, by all means, send us an email. Shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've been a lot more uh, hopeful uh, for the Jeep brand since the JL came out. You know, the, we I've, I mentioned it last week or week before that uh, this, this really looked like the uh, – uh, there was a revolt and the actual Jeep people that, uh, in the Jeep engineers actually got what they, what they wanted to do. So I'm hoping we're going to see that also here in the, uh, the Jeep truck. And I, I think we may. Well, look, what I've been I, talking, go ahead, Tammy. Oh, I was just going to say Jeff over at, um, um, adrenaline off road. He, they're showing up at the dealers already. He, a uh, dealer friend of his in Virginia um, sent him a picture of his first JL and, um, hopefully we're going to start seeing him there, um, here in Maryland. And Jeff promised me he would, here's a picture of it right here. Um, Jeff promised me he'd let me know so I could go over there and start test driving him. Oh, way cool. Well, if you go there, get a red one to take pictures with. Oh, Oh, for F's sake. Yeah. Yeah, Tony, I'll, I'll get right on that yeah, one. I'm sure, I'm sure that'll be top of her list, Tony. <laughs> no, I've been talking weeks uh, for the last several weeks about a lot of the, the the more subtle engineering that's gone on behind the scenes and, and what we're seeing of that and just the, ergon- the ergonomics and the layout and and really the, the purpose-driven results that we've seen from the engineering that's gone on behind the scenes just in the new JL. And if they're applying even a fraction of that to the new Jeep truck, Oh man, this thing is going to be amazing. Now, based on some of the stuff that you've already uh, uh, provided, the information you've already mm-hmm. provided to us, it does look like. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Uh, I try to pay attention. Uh, that it, it it looks like this will be a proper truck. In other words, if you have a uh, an off road uh, or a dedicated uh, Jeep, or maybe one that you just want a trailer, you probably will be able to pull it with with the new Jeep truck. Look, like in the history with the the last iteration of a Jeep pickup, which was pretty much based on the Jeep Cherokee XJ platform, and it what was, for all intents and purposes, basically a Cherokee with the back cut off and a bed slapped on. And yeah. we're pretty much expecting that ilk oh, of engineering okay. into this. Well, it's it's been a lot more than that so far. It is This is definitely going to be a lot more than just a Wrangler with a bed on it. From what we've been seeing, from what we've been hearing, and, and from the leaks that have been coming out about this, Jeep is really starting to stage this up as a workhorse, not just a Wrangler with a bed on it, as an actual bona fide okay, truck. Now, they're not going to try and compete with Ram too much, but they are going to put something out on the market that is going to play in that same neighborhood. So is it going to beat the pants off of 2500 Likely not. But is it going to give you serious contention to, as to whether or not you're going to buy a Ram 1500 or whether you're going to buy a Jeep truck? That's going to be something that that they're going to probably going to be looking at. So it's they're talking about tow capacity. Yeah, they're talking about they're talking about how much it can it can haul. And so far, it's it's leaps and bounds above what the Wrangler can do. So that's telling us that this thing is going to be purpose built and built to work. It just I mean I think the, their sales would just uh, you know uh, go up geometrically if you could actually tow your Jeep to the trail <laughs> with a Jeep. <laughs> That's what it's looking like too. Seriously, I want to do that so bad. Yeah, isn't that, oh, wouldn't that be cool? And, you and about everybody out there in the sound of our voices is like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good idea to me too. Uh, why do I have to take my Ford? Why do I have to buy a Chevy? Why do I have to have a Dodge Ram to to tow my Jeep? I, I want a Jeep towing my Jeep. I want to have the the entire immersive Jeep experience. <laughs> 
Hey guys, coming up a little bit later in this episode, we're going to have the one and only Michigan Jeep Girl with us, so you guys don't want to miss out. And hey, next week, (laughs) oh, the response was so insane from this guy. We actually had to call him back. We got so much email and so much good response from Anthony with Tread Right Tires, the interview we had about about a month or two ago. Uh, We're bringing him back, guys. Tread Right Tires is going to be with us next week, so don't miss out. Yeah, and if you heard the woo-woo in the background, Michigan Jeep Girl is actually joining us for the show. Uh, not sure how that happened. Uh, we asked. She said yes, and uh, I guess that's all the whole thing right there in the, the nutshell. Hey, She's still, yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad you could stick with us. It's exciting to have um, another Jeep Girl on the show. Oh, you think it's going to balance things out, don't you? Yeah, you're, oh, uh, there's yeah, no way. <laughs> Jeep Girls are going to take over the world. Hey, you can help get the word out about the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, you're on Facebook, right? I bet you're a member of several Jeep pages. Well, ask permission first, wink, wink, then post about the Jeep Talk Show on there. Just direct them to www.jeeptalkshow.com or tell them to install the Jeep Talk Show app on their phone. All right. Well, uh, what was it, uh, Josh? We're into uh, episode or the uh, segment 47 of the airing down. I mean, Steve goes into wonderful exquisite detail on these things and we love giving them a hard time but really this is some great information to have and uh, i think we're going to learn about a little bit about the whole compressor uh system that you can run on your jeep tonight so this is going to be uh part seven uh, of airing up this is steve 4.3 lxj with another jeep tip I'd like to continue our series on airing down and now we're into airing up our tires hopefully by now you've watched my video onboard air the right way on YouTube because we're going to talk about the components of an air compressor and these components are on just about any air compressor that you buy in the store. We need to have these components in order to have a functional air compressor. After you've set your onboard air compressor or your AC compressor to uh, be able to use it, you need a line that goes to a manifold. Before you get to that manifold, in that line needs to be a check valve. And what this does is it keeps the air that you've compressed into your system from flowing back into the compressor through an intake valve someplace and bleeding all the pressure off. Not only that, it helps your compressor start up. So it starts rotating with no load and builds that load on the first rotation. Much easier on the compressor, much easier on the clutch, just good for the system in general. That check valve keeps air from flowing backwards. Now you get into a dryer that removes oil and moisture from the compressed air. Then we get to the manifold. You really need on your system because you need to have several things plugged into it. And all this is is just a little block. It's threaded with eighth-inch pipe threads. The first thing that that you want to have is something to turn your compressor on. This is the pressure switch. You can get them at various PSI ratings. For instance, the Warren compressor that I talked about a couple of episodes ago is set at 100 PSI. I have my system set at 150 PSI. This is kind of a nice pressure. It makes my impact wrench that's designed to work at 100 PSI very angry, and it does a lot of really cool things. That's a good working pressure for these systems. doesn't hurt the compressor. It doesn't strain it. So then on to the next thing uh, is you need to have a pressure relief valve. And this pressure relief valve is important because that sand and compressor, that'll pump 400 pounds of pressure, and that's more than a lot of components will take. You need to have your pressure relief valve set higher than the pressure on the uh, pressure switch. So I have mine at 200 PSI. 
and I did have it go off once. Kind of glad it did. Made a lot of noise. <laughs> it was there for a reason. All of your commercial compressors that you buy have them. The next thing you need is an air tank. An air tank allows you to store compressed air so that you don't have to have your compressor hooked up to something like a tire before you turn it on. If you turn it on with nothing hooked up to it, it's going to pump up to 400 PSI in about two seconds. You don't want to do that. It's not good for your compressor and it's not good for air hoses or anything else. So you want to have an air tank that will allow your compressor to turn on and turn off and to store compressed air. And most of them that you get like from Viair and so forth are about two cubic feet capacity to three cubic feet, about a gallon of, of air. These are real handy to have. You can put them any place. Sometimes they're a pain in the neck to find a spot for them, but you really need to have one on your compressor. That's the uh, things you're going to need for your compressor. You have to have those things. You can put all these things together fairly cheaply. You're looking at less than $100 to buy all those components, and that is less than a Viair compressor that will pump just a fraction of the air that your Sandin compressor is capable of doing. We have one more component that is on my Jeep that we're going to uh, talk about next time. Then we'll wrap it up for the AC compressors. See you on the trail. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of great information, and it really helps. Uh, I mean, I've got all those components. As you remember, maybe three years ago, I was talking about my onboard air system uh, that I was going to put on my uh, my Jeep, and I, I, I still hadn't done yet. And I have all those components, and it really makes a lot more sense. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day uh, about getting back to that project, Josh. Uh, I think I'm going to have to mock everything up in the garage before I actually start trying to uh, put it on the Jeep because I need to know, I need to understand how everything works. I need to make sure that I can uh, uh, visualize how it goes together before I can mount it in the Jeep. Well, and, and of course, finding those those mounting locations is going to take some serious consideration. Uh, space for things like compressors and, and tanks and whatnot are very limited in an XJ, yeah. uh, especially if you're not really willing to, to sacrifice your cargo area all that much for things like compressors and tanks and whatnot. So uh, it gets real tricky real quick. Yeah, I think I've given up. I'm just going to put it in the cargo area. I'm just going to try to mount it in such a way that I can uh, remove everything if I need to carry some plywood or something. There you go. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. The Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and that ever-favorite Trail Chasers podcast. <laughs> shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man. up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. So this is our last show of 2017. I don't know if you guys realize that or not, but the <gasps> new year, I know, <laughs> is right around the corner. Um, and I just wanted to quickly look back at some of the amazing adventures um, I had this year. And it was such a year of growth. Um, I'm sure a lot of you listening probably will remember some of these. Some of you might not, but I fought through a lot of my fears, my fear of heights for one, and I feel like it's made me a stronger person. Um, and I learned about change can be good and it's okay to like 
um, you'll hear later in our interview, um, the Michigan Jeep girl was talking about her Jeep and all the changes she made on her Jeep. And it's okay to make changes to your Jeep. It was really hard for me to do that. And I'll share with you in a minute what that was. And it was something really simple. And I also stepped out of my comfort zone and did some things I normally wouldn't have done. And I met so many cool new Jeepers. And I look forward to meeting so many more new cool Jeepers. But one of the things I will never, ever forget ever in my life is my solo trip to Moab. The landscaping was breathtaking. And all those trails, it's mind-boggling how many trails there are out there. And you could spend a week and not hit them all. Um, I just wish I had more time to see them all. But maybe one day I'll be able to do that. But one of the things that I will never, ever forget is meeting Charlene Bauer. And I am so ever thankful that she was there that day and helped me up and over the entrance to Hell's Revenge. And she taught me my new motto, and I think every Jeeper out there should take this motto because our Jeeps are so capable. They're more capable than most of us really think. But the motto is, I got this. As long as you have confidence in yourself, you can go over anything in your Jeep, like the scary trail of Hell's Revenge. Um, The change that I made to my Jeep, I was... I struggled really hard with this one. And what happened was we met Joe from Under the Sun Inserts here on the Jeep Talk Show. We did an interview with him, and he was sharing with us these cool new grills that they have that you can put in your grill to give it a background. And he suggested, hey, you should do one. And I wasn't ready to let go of my purple grill inserts that made my Jeep unique. Um, There wasn't anybody out there at the time that I knew of that had these, and now you see them all over the place. But anyway, I really struggled hard with changing the look of my Jeep, and Joe convinced me just to try it. I could put the other um, inserts back on. So anyway, I switched out my purple inserts for a purple flag, and I'm so glad I did that. And changing is stuff on your Jeep is okay. You can... um, you know, it doesn't have to look the same all the time. So I change is good. Change helps you grow as a person. So that was another lesson I learned. And then it was really cool because I got to make some really serious modifications to my Jeep. It wasn't just adding purple here or there. I got a new front drive shaft, the Tom Woods drive shaft, and the Yeti steering system by Steer Smarts. So I'm really getting to know the mechanics of the Jeep. I'm getting to know the things under my Jeep and how the Jeep works. And it's exciting to finally learn about how my Jeep works. Um, And then, of course, my once-in-a-lifetime, and nobody else will ever get this opportunity, um, is to tour the Wrangler assembly line, the JK (laughs) line at the Toledo plant. And I'm probably the last person that will be ever civilian. Yeah, because of you. I know. (laughs) That will ever be allowed in the Toledo Jeep plant. Um, and because of the the sneak peek I got of the new JL. But anyway, that was really cool to see the Wranglers being assembled. Um, and then my first ever Jeep show. I can't believe it took me years to go to one. Um, and going to it by myself and not, you know, just being nervous about it all. And it's okay because Jeep people are so friendly and they are welcoming. And it was a really fun experience. So anyway, I have some goals for 2018, 
And I'm going to expand where I wheel. I'm not going to just wheel at Roush Creek. Um, I'm going to plan my own trail ride for this spring. And I'm hoping to meet up with Carolina Trails Off-Road, which we interviewed them here on the Jeep Show, and head up to Wind Rock in Tennessee. And I've already booked an overland weekend adventure at AOAA. And I want to add more armor on my Jeep to protect it on the trails that I'll be hitting, hopefully, this spring and summer. So that's it. I hope everybody has a Jeep-tacular new year. And I'd love to hear about your goals for your Jeep the coming year. And just give us a call on our voicemail line at 530-675-4102 and share your goals with us. Yeah, we'd like to hear uh, similar experiences that uh, that you've had out there. So, you know, call in, let us know. Tammy, I'll, I'll, I know I've mentioned this a couple of times, certainly mentioned it back whenever you did the, the Moab trip. Uh, it just, I mean, I'm not scared of going someplace by myself. I just don't find that it's as, as enjoyable whenever you're by yourself. I mean, you can always meet people, you can always make friends, but there's that, um, there's always that possibility that you're going to be by yourself uh, looking at the scenery, nobody to share it with. And I think it is just amazing to me that you actually went out there by yourself. And of course you made friends and you, uh, you did share the experience, but you went out there not knowing that. Uh, right. so anytime that you go uh, somewhere by yourself like that, I just, you know, hats off to you. Uh, that's the way I think uh, a lot of us should be. And it's a shame that, especially your boys, I, I would have loved to, uh, have had a parent that was into off-roading that I could tag along with and learn from and so on and so forth. That may always change. You know, you don't know kids are kids are that way. So, right. uh, but I'm just really surprised, especially going to Moab. I just, uh, I, you know, I'd made my kid go, frankly, <laughs> you're going to go and you're going to like, you're going to like it, gonna like right. it. <laughs> and there'll be a burger if you're, if you're lucky. Right. No, I, I, I'm going to back up just a little bit, Tony. And I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm not all that surprised that Tammy's getting out, you know, by herself, you know, for her own jeeping adventures, not necessarily to be a part of the group or, you know, to be a part of this particular run or, you know, right. to be a part of that, you know, that event or, or, you know, whatever. Hell, I've, I've packed up the Jeep just, you know, with, you know, a day trip worth of stuff and, and rallied out to the Hills just to decompress. Sure. Just to get out and get away from anything and everybody, you know, it's just like, I just need some nature, you know, for a little bit and, and get out there for the afternoon or for the evening, maybe have myself a little barbecue or a little lunch or something like that and just get out into nature, you know, and decompress some and, and you don't have to have a group up there, but you know, for those kind of trips, you're also, you're also, you know, not fully locked up and heading into the filter, you know, all by yourself. You know, that's, that's something, those are going to be the kind of trips where you can, you can, you actually can enjoy by yourself, but you know, if I'm going to actually go out and wheeling and stuff like that, you know, you, you got to have a buddy with you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to mention that. It almost sounded like you were saying, I like to go out there and wheel by myself. <laughs> right. Get them as close <laughs> as I can to tipping. No, and I'm in 30 years, they'll find my bones. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Especially where I go. Yeah. It's beautiful out there in, uh, in Oregon. Hey Jeepers, if you're looking for a source of Jeep tech info, how to's and a gathering of fellow like-minded Jeepers, just like us, well, then you need to head over to our forum jeeptalkforum.com once there you can engage with other jeepers you can ask questions get answers to your build questions all that good stuff you can see pictures of show and shine and off-road events you can read about modifications you can read about these events you can find a selection of written transcripts right from segments here on the jeep talk show and if you're worried about how you're going to be treated like how tony was talking about in early earlier on man no there's none of that stuff guys 
everybody is treated very good. Lots of family over there. No flaming, no making fun, and of course, no such thing as a stupid question. That's the important part. Whether you're brand new to the Jeep world or you're on your 27th Jeep, there's something for every Jeeper at jeeptalkforum.com. Yeah, as long as you're not part of the show or a contributor, you get treated nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, guys, speaking of getting treated nicely, boy, you guys uh, always treat us so well. You guys treat us nice when we're asking for reviews and comments. And, of course, you can leave us reviews and comments pretty much anywhere where you can find us. You can, of course, rate the show on Facebook. I bet you guys didn't know that. Facebook has a, a, a way, a method, a means, if you will, to actually review the show um, and leave us a rating. And we got a few uh, Facebook reviews this week. Uh, the first one came out uh, from Steve MC. Gave us a five-star review. Since I placed a review on iTunes with five stars last week, you also read it over the podcast. Would like to correct what might have been confusing. I said, I'm an OTR which is over the road driver. And my Jeep is a 2013 JKU black that has been linexed inside and out bed liner material folks. Also full metal cloak, three and a half inch lift running 37 inch Nitos, 513 gears, still a Dana 30 up front, but it's gusted and trust until it breaks. I let it be, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, great podcast. Can't stop listening. So thanks, Steve. Really appreciate that. And yeah, I think we were going a little bit back and forth as to as to what the OTR meant. I I, I was I was pretty sure I knew what that meant. I think I might have even called it out. But anyway, I think we went back and forth with a few uh, uh, funny uh, anagrams there with uh, with that one. But uh, Steve, thanks for writing in. Thanks for giving uh, taking the time to give us a rating and of course for clearing that up for us. Yeah, I think I told Steve in a comment back to his uh, his review here that uh, you know you get to busy talking on the show and stuff, and I think I get a little nervous about talking and sounded professional and all the rest of that stuff. And I only thing that came to mind was OTC as in over the counter, over the counter. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? What? what is that? I don't understand what he's an Oak over the counter driver. I mean, what? <laughs> so yeah, thanks for clearing that up. And, and, uh, we love hearing from you, uh, corrections or not. Uh, it's always good to uh, from, hear from folks. Mm-hmm. And we have another review from Mike R. He gives us four stars. What? Solid I know. <laughs> Who Solid screwed this one up? <laughs> Solid show. I will see here shortly. Solid show with tons of helpful tips. The guests are industry leaders with a plethora of knowledge. I've been wheeling for a few, wear few years and still come across tidbits of info that I didn't know or knew but didn't understand fully. If I could only get members of the local Jeep clubs I'm involved in to listen, there would be a crap ton less easily <laughs> answered repetitive questions. I wheel in the Ozark National Forest in Arizona as a regular monthly stomping ground. However, my son and I took a three-week camping adventure in the San Juan Mountains, Colorado, not long ago. Enjoyed watching FJ's fail at Kipsky, oh, no. then having to watch an on as a then-stock JKU Rubicon, they rock, ease up. Why four stars rather than fives? Well, an unnecessary jab was recently taken at the Atheist on the last episode. My 08 JKU is red rock crystal yeah. pearl coat, but it's now plain to see we are of different tribes. <laughs> I think he's talking about Tony. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty uh, sure he's talking about one red loving particular host. Yes. Why in the world would anybody take offense at uh, a joke about uh, 
uh, atheists. I mean, uh, gee, it's almost like the atheists are like vegans these days. They want to make sure that you uh, that you uh, know. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. By the way, there was. If there the way, was I don't jab, believe in that. I mean, we're always, you know, <laughs> kind of poking fun at people. But yeah, I, I assure just, you that if Tony, uh, he didn't know what he was talking. about. It was just a joke. <laughs> It was just a joke. But anyway, it sounds like you really enjoy the show, and we really appreciate yeah. that, and certainly appreciate you taking the time uh, to give us a review. Uh, we always like the five stars, but we like honest reviews, as long as they're five stars. <laughs> well, the phrase running bigger tires is a common one with off-roading enthusiasts, since larger, taller wheels and tires are, many times, required to conquer some of the more challenging terrain that we face. Whether you wheel out there in the wilderness, or on the trail, or Casually in your local mall parking lot, Extreme Terrain provides you with the knowledge and resources to guide and inform you when upsizing your current wheel and tire setup. In an effort to provide Jeepers with usable and relevant Jeep information, Extreme Terrain has just rolled out their new interactive wheel and tire configurator. Here you can configure your JK Wrangler down to the color and witness firsthand how a variety of lift, wheel, and tire configurations will look on your JK with your very own eyes. Visit Extreme Terrain. Visit the Extreme Terrain wheel and tire configurator today. And within a few clicks of your mouse or trackpad, you can select a variety of styles, wheel styles in sizes ranging from 16 to 20 inch, tire styles like all seasons, all terrains, mud terrain, tire sizes from 31 inch all the way up to 40, as well as adding up to five inches of lift to create a visual representation of your Jeep masterpiece. No longer will you question, will these wheels and tires work with this lift? Or how will this setup look on my rig? Because Extreme Terrain has already compiled all of this inform information for you. It couldn't be any easier. Just visit ExtremeTerrain.com today to give the Extreme Terrain wheel and tire configurator a whirl. Or click the link in today's show notes over at JeepTalkShow.com. You know, I've had a lot of stuff delivered to the house. 100-pound uh, bumpers, front and rear, tire carrier, all that crap. I never had tires delivered to the house. Uh, I, I know the UPS people, they deliver all kinds of stuff. But it would just be kind of cool to have the have the UPS guy roll up some new tires, uh, you know, to the, uh, the old uh, garage. Yeah. Just put them in there. And, uh, do you know anything about mountain tires? Uh, just come on in here. <laughs> the Brown Santa. You got tech questions. Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. Cause I can, I... it's tech talk with Jeep talk. Well, hey, Jeepers, we're going to take a little bit of a break from the whiteboard and setting down the dry erase pens for a little year end break. Don't worry. I'm working on a whole bunch of new tech talk for 2018, but I need your guys' help. I don't mind pulling topics out of thin air, but I'd much rather get into the stuff that you actually want to learn more about. Shoot me a quick email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with a tech talk subject that you would like to hear more about. Maybe you'd like to know a little bit more about if siping helps off-road traction or if those aluminum radiators are worth the money. Even if you're just thinking it might be neat to know how an e-locker works, well, call or write in and let me know may just choose your topic or question to address here on the show. So is siping only a, a wintertime ice snow type thing or uh, it, do people do it for uh, for mud and off-road type stuff? No, you can sipe uh, year round if you want. Uh, usually tire shops will will have that equipment out and, and running year round. Uh, at least they do out here in the Northwest. Uh, but you could uh, have any reputable tire shop sipe just about any tire. They will typically not do it to used tires, though, or tires that have been around the block a few times. So uh, if you're going to do it, it might be in your best interest to do it in the first half of the tread. Well, that makes sense. 
This is Zach from CNM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Trim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. And a nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Okay, Tammy, are you ready? Listen cl- closely. I'm listening. This goes quick. Tammy rocks! <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I wonder who that was. Okay, one more time. Tammy rocks! Very enthusiastic, Tammy. Very yeah. enthusiastic. <laughs> It wasn't me. Hi, hi guys. This is Rodney with Jeepers Outpost. Uh, this week, I don't have, a, don't have a cute Jeep story. This week, I have a sad Jeep story. Uh, last oh. week, my wife uh, let my son take my Jeep out on the trail. At some point during the ride, he decided it'd be a, a good idea to let his friend drive. Guys has a driver's license about a month. And uh, anyway, he lost control of the Jeep, hit an embankment, and rolled it on the side. So, uh, oh, no. Watch Daddy put the Jeep out together now. Uh, Got, I got some body damage. I got some damage to my front axle housing from the impact with the embankment. But anyway, got a lot of work cut out for me. And, and unfortunately, some of the money I was going to put into buying fenders and things like that is going to be just put back into Jeep to just get it back to zero. Uh, anywho, anybody wants to watch me put my Jeep back together, they can do it on probably easiest place to find me on, on Facebook at Jeepers Outpost. You guys, keep up the good work. Love the show. So I don't know if you caught that very subtle thing that he said at the beginning. His wife let his son drive his Jeep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how it started. <laughs> so I got. I just got to say, man, Rodney, uh, thanks. First off, thanks for calling in and, and sharing the story with us. Always love to hear Jeeper stories, uh, especially when they're short and sweet like that. Uh, not so sweet on that one, though. Uh, it sounds like everybody made it out okay. Sounds like there wasn't any serious injuries, which, uh, you know, I guess that, that what well, we can take away from all that. That's the best thing out of all this. But, you know, silver lining and all that, uh, any, any, uh, anything that you can walk away from is, is a good one. So, uh, you know, as long as he was able to, to, you know, make it home for his beating, uh, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's very lucky that, uh, that everybody was okay. I mean, uh, obviously, and, and very lucky that he knows how to fix the Jeep and not having to take this thing in or, or it's just totaled and you can't do anything with it. Time to buy a new one. It's wonderful that we're so many of us are able to work on these things ourselves. They are very simple, and uh, it, you know it just takes a little bit of time, and uh, they're actually very easy to learn to work on. From around the world, or from your city, And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, tonight we have Michigan Jeep Girl with us. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, have seen her on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. She seems to have a pretty big following. Uh, Thanks for it. And I never did uh, decide what I was going to call you. Should I just call you Mish? You can Uh, call me whatever you want. Oh, that's a good good guest. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about you. Where where are you located? I am, I mean, obviously located in Michigan. 
and I am actually located in, to narrow that down a little bit, Emmett. And that would be, I guess, if you're from Michigan, the best way to describe that would be kind of by Port Huron area. So do you get confused for Canadian a lot? You know what's weird is that people usually <laughs> say I have a British accent. Oh, interesting. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So obviously, uh, you know, the first question is where you were located, obviously Michigan. And you have to have a Jeep, right? Yes, I actually have three. <laughs> oh, excellent. I've wow. Got, I've got three as well. So uh, tell us about your favorite Jeep. Oh, let's see. I, oh, I'm i going to have to go with the 98 TJ. I've had that one for at least 10 years now. It's my baby that I saved when, you know, the frame went out and I had my first accident in it. It's been with me forever. And I actually have it tattooed on my hip as well. Oh, Wow. And you mean a proper tattoo. It's not some uh, in- injury you got from the accident, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no. It's the whole Jeep itself. <laughs> oh, wow. Holy I like cow. that. See, I have a 98 XJ, and uh, I actually was uh, shopping for a 98 TJ uh, when uh, we saw the bright red XJ on the uh, the showroom floor, and we got that instead. Uh, I thought it be, would be better to have four doors with uh, two little girls at the time, and uh, we didn't... Uh, actually get a TJ until just about five years ago, picked up a 2003 TJ. So uh, what color is your TJ? Um, I'm going to, it's, it's white and black. So it's kind of two-toned. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of, I have armor. It's all armored out. So I guess it was originally white. Let's go with that. No, no, I, I got you. Mine's uh, mine was all red. And uh, now I've got a lot of red and black for the same type of reasons. So what all have you done to it? Oh God! It's, it's, what haven't it, you it's done? Been a question. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, I've actually redone it three times. Oh wow! And and I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you come into this and you're so new, you don't know what to do at first. And your first instinct is to just buy something and put it on there. Hurry up and lift it. Hurry up and put tires. And I ended up going with a lift kit that. I had a lot of issues with, it was a cheaper end lift kit, just, just to be like, just to feel cool. And it wasn't a functional lift kit. So I ended up going through two lift kits and I'm on my third now. And I actually have a Clayton long arm suspension kit. And and that's what you have on, correct? Yes, that is the current lift on it. And I mean, uh, you know, all the other little goodies, the armor, you know, I have rear coilovers, uh, over the knuckle steering. I have a lot. <laughs> So, uh, was this some of the, did some of this stuff you put on yourself or, uh, how did that work out? Were you, are you a hands-on type person or, uh, are you just, uh, kind of like I was on a couple of things that were done to mine where I just stare intently from the, uh, the bay door? Oh God. Um, that's funny. Uh, so the whole reasoning or the whole reason I have a following is because I am so hands-on about a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. I will admit though, I cannot weld and I did try it. I just, I just can't get it, but I'm pretty sure if I put time into it, I could, but I'm not a welder, but yeah, a lot of the stuff I've installed myself, but the long arm kit, there's a lot of welding in there and I did not do that on my own. It's so critical to get that right too. So I don't blame you there. Uh, I, I'm in the kind of the same boat. I'd like to get a welder. I think that I would be uh, just fine doing it, but, uh, you know, welding something on, uh, and is this, is this Jeep your daily driver or do you drive one of the other Jeeps? Um, the, the TJ was my daily for about, I want to say eight years. And after we went full out with the long arm kit and we ended up getting with the coilovers in the rear, it, I 
threw it to the side and now it's only a trail rig and I actually daily drive my 2017 JK that I picked up I think at the beginning beginning of the year. Oh wow, who wouldn't? Uh, does it have heated seats like Tammy's? <laughs> I think they all Oh my do, god, right? don't even ask that. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, I bought the only Sahara in the state of Michigan without heated seats. Oh, you could really use it up there too, couldn't you? Yeah, it would have been great if she would have told me that before I picked it up. <laughs> Well, you can always add that stuff. So, uh, that, okay. Oh, yeah. So now we've got two Jeeps down. Uh, we've got the J, the 27, uh, uh, 2017 JK. We've got the 98 TJ. What's your third Jeep? Um, well, you're TJ owner. So I don't know if you can handle this, but I have a 2004 LJ. That's great. And Those are is, very rare. It's stock. Oh yeah. So let me ask you this. Do did you grow up learning how to work on cars and stuff? Like, did your dad teach you or did the, is this something that you, once you got your Jeep, you just decided I want to do this on my own and you just kind of self-taught yourself? Um, my father, when I was growing up, he worked at, he was a mechanic, but he wasn't really like, I don't want to say he was like an intense mechanic. Like he didn't train, change transmissions. He just did oil changes and stuff at a auto shop. And when I was growing up, I had literally no interest in, any of this and then the moment i got that jeep i don't know something just you know yeah. kicked on inside and i realized i was paying a lot of money to people to do stuff that i could do myself so my father <laughs> right. actually started teaching me yeah that was the that was the only reason i started working on uh, vehicles when i was 16 is i just couldn't afford it i mean i drive it like a bat out of hell i would break it and uh, if i wanted to ride the bus to school uh i could do that but hell no i was fixing my my car <laughs> So how, now, do you do you think it would have been the same if you would have just you know bought you know just a regular car, do, or do you think it was the whole Jeep thing that clicked in your brain that you wanted to do this on your own? Um, well, I have, I grew up and you know I was never really given anything, and my parents actually made me work for even the used car I bought from them. So I had two cars that I had bought prior to the Jeep, and you know I just happened to see one, and I kind of fell in love with it, and. Honest to God, I I wanted a big lifted diesel truck, but I cannot drive a truck with a long bed. I run into everything. Uh, I yeah. think everybody does. So so you think it was the Jeep that kind of inspired you to start doing it on your own? Yeah, you know, I started just doing a little post here and there online, like blogging about a little couple basic things I was doing and Honestly, I was surprised how many people actually cared that I was doing it on my own. And it was so simple. It was just an oil change. And then, you know, <laughs> other females kind of came forward and were like, oh, that's so cool. I, you know, I never thought to do this myself. And I think, honestly, other females coming forward really inspired me to learn more. Right. So how did you get your first Jeep? How did you happen upon that? Was that something that you just saw or had a love for Jeeps for a long time? Uh, what was the, uh, what was the reason why you got your first Jeep? Well, I had a car and, uh, you know, in Michigan, we get a lot of snow. So I was really looking for something with four-wheel drive. And uh, like I said earlier, you know, I'm, I love trucks. I, I, we have, you know, I have a 7.3 diesel, but I, I'm, I don't feel comfortable in them. Like my home is in my Jeep and I ended up be hanging around with someone that his mother had a Jeep and he was my good friend and she let me drive it one day and after that day, I was like, I got to buy this. I got to get one of these. So when, when you bought your Jeep, did you have any idea of 
all the different things you could do and and buy for your Jeep? And did did you know about off-roading and taking your Jeep off the road? Did, did you have any idea this even existed before you bought your Jeep? No, actually, I had no idea that there was a whole like lifestyle that went with it. And, you know, honestly, I bought it and I started seeing other ones and I started thinking, well, how come their bumper doesn't look like my bumper? And, you know, then you get your first off-road magazine and basically from there, everything evolves. Right, right. So what kind of trails do you have up in Michigan? Uh, Michigan is actually beautiful. We have a lot of ORV trails that are in the woods. So we have a lot of those. Um, honestly, the best place I've ever been has been Drummond Island. It's basically an island that you have to get there by ferry. You can only get on and off by the ferry. And it's just a crap ton of all these beautiful trails in the middle of these woods. And then they have this little off-road park there. We have that. We have, I know a lot of people have heard about Silver Lake Sand Dunes. We have that as well. It's basically what it sounds like it's a, it's a bunch of sand and people right. drive on it and go up this huge hill <laughs> i don't know if you know but um we ha- gina she does some segments for us um her and her us husband run a campground there um at that that near that park and she does some cooking she cooks in her jeep she she like makes these big sandwiches and she cooks them in her jeep while she's trail riding but anyway they're up there at those sand Mm-hmm. Those sand dunes. They were like that sand dunes. Yeah. So, uh, do you do any winter wheeling? And if so, uh, how do you how do you like that? Me, I personally, I um, you know, I'm. I have to be honest. I hate winter, <laughs> and oh, I I you. just live here because <laughs> I love Michigan. I'm just not a winter person, and I have only done winter wheeling once, and basically. Everyone knows with mud tires, they slide. So I went one time with a group of people and all I could see was all these four-door JKs like sliding down this ice loop and everyone trying to hit their brakes, but their mud tires just kept going. And basically after I went and did that one time, I was just kind of like, you know, I think I'll wait for summer again. Oh, I remember there was something I was going to ask you. I've seen several pictures uh, on uh, probably Instagram and, and, and probably Facebook too. How in the world can you stand to wear uh, cowboy boots without socks? (laughs) That is funny. Everybody says that. (laughs) It's just ankle high socks. I'm wearing socks. Oh, okay. (laughs) Drives me up the wall. I can't wear that. My feet get too hot for boots anyway, even though I'm here in Texas and it's a requirement. But uh, well, that's good. So, uh, I was going to ask earlier, you know, you, this is a common thing that people do, uh, on the forums, uh, XJ talk forum, for example, uh, the people will say, I think I'm just going to get a three inch lift, or I think I'm going to do a four and a half inch lift. And I always tell them, Nope, get the one, get the biggest one, go to six and a half. Cause you're going to, you're going to spend the money to go, uh, to one, then you're going to go to another. It'll just be cheaper if you just go big, just, just go large. Now you've gone with uh, three different lift lifts on yours, and I'm uh, I'm sure you noticed a difference between the suspension lifts and the long arm arm long arm suspension lift. Yep, yep, I did. Well, what would you say is the biggest the biggest thing that you noticed between uh, just a suspension lift and the long arms? Well, I mean, I don't know if the comparison is really like I I don't know if it's a really good comparison because I don't feel like I can compare a rough country lift to a Clayton lift. <laughs> like it's whole oh, two completely different spectrums in my opinion anyways. I when I had 
the rough country lift. I had three of those. And, you know, like you said, I had a smaller one when I was newer and, you know, that I went a little bit bigger and went a little bit bigger <laughs> again. And basically the ride sucked. <laughs> it hurt. Um, you're really bouncy. You feel every single bump that you hit worse than if it was stock. So I did notice that with the long arm, it's a lot smoother ride. Cause I feel like honestly, everything travels with the suspension. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to get too nerdy about it, but oh no, get nerdy. We like get nerdy here quite a bit. <laughs> I just feel like it just, it just takes everything that you hit and it kind of just travels it instead of it makes it more of a comfortable feeling where when you're, when I would personally, when I would be driving my Jeep with the rough country, I would be like, boom, boom, boom. And I'd be like, well, that's great. I felt every part of that. And I feel like, well, they just better with the articulation as well. It's, it's just, it's honestly mind boggling, like how far in depth you can really get into everything with geometry and just changing, like not having the appropriate shocks with the suspension kit, like every little thing you do changes mm-hmm. everything on the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, do now I know there's a lot of, uh, hardcore JK owners out there. And of course you're one as well. But your your primary off road vehicle being the the TJ, do you do you get any kind of grief from uh, any of the JK owners, especially the the heavily modified ones, when you take your TJ out there? Um, honestly, no. I, I kind of feel like everyone just kind of like accepts me. <laughs> like I've been around for a long time, so I kind of just show up, and they're like, "Oh, well, she's here." <laughs> Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a little secret, and I'm going to uh, it really excite our JK owners here, including Tammy. The TJ's a much better Wrangler than the, the JK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just ignore them. <laughs> we know. She knows what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I wheeled um, two different four-door JKUs now. No, none of them are my own. I have a two-door JK. I stay with the two-door family. I'm a, I'm a diehard Wrangler two-door girl, and... Mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought I was going to take out every single tree on the trail in these four doors. And honestly, when I get my TJ, I just, I just go. Like, I don't, I'm not worried about my payment tomorrow. I'm not worried about oh, tracking. I'm like, well, there's a rock. We're going. Oh, and, and hats off to these people with uh, $35,000, $40,000 vehicles and then added another, you know, ten k into it, taking it out there on the trails. That would just scare the hell out of me. I mean, like Tammy does this. Hers is what, it's like two years old, isn't it, Tammy? Yeah, I paid like forty nine for it. Oh, new. good God! I did. Oh. I didn't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so uh, with the TJ, I was going to ask you this earlier. Uh, have you done anything with the uh, with the the axles? Are you, are you running lockers? Uh, if so, which ones? <laughs> that is so funny. So when I got the Jeep like ten years ago, in my like when you first get it, you don't really think about any of that. So oh, I ended up thinking, you know, if I ever have any issues, you know, we'll address them and. I think the only thing I've ever done is put a posi in the rear and I am running completely stock gearing mm-hmm. and stock axles. And I've, you know, I've never had an issue yet. So we're going to knock on some wood somewhere, but yeah, I know I'm it really comes down to how you drive it and you knowing your vehicle. Mm-hmm. No, no, they're very capable even, uh, you know, without long arm suspensions and uh, just the stock oh, yeah, suspension, they they're very capable that way, but it's just fun to have those additional items and it's fun to talk about too oh yeah i put lockers back in there in 42 that type thing so uh i was just curious so do you have any uh is that on your plate of things to do in the future or are you just going to kind of keep it the way it is um i kind of live by a little rule called if i break it then i buy it so 
So far, I haven't. I, I've honestly beat the living crap out of that TJ. And it starts after sitting for up to six months because I, I kind of rotate all the Jeeps. So sometimes I really don't pay attention to it. And I'm honestly, I've never had an issue with that Jeep. And I'm very happy I haven't any issues lately other than some minor things. But I think it may be down the line it might be. But right now, it's not really something that's my priority until it ends up grenading, which it'll mm-hmm. happen, but it hasn't happened yet. So is that, uh, you didn't mention if it was a Rubicon, it, would that be Dana 30 up front, Dana 35 in the rear? Um, Actually, the Rubicon should have 44s. And yeah, I actually have both. the Sport. Yeah, I have the Sport. So I have the 3035 with the 373 gearing. Right. So, that, that, that's why I was mentioning. Own, that's why I was yeah, saying it. I mean, you didn't say if it was a Rubicon or not. Close. Yeah. So the what size tires are you running on it? I actually run 35. Okay. Well, that should be okay. Um, and you're open with the, the Dana 35? or you the, Is that where you put the Posse? I put the Posse in the rear. I run the Dana 30 in the front. They're pretty strong on their own. Um, the 35 is the one that I, you know, I have the most doubt in. But honestly, <laughs> I kind of have a joke that I think that my trans is going to go out before my stock axles and so far i think it's going to end up being the trans first well you know this is a this is a critical thing uh, i often say uh if you run a dating 35 you're not only uh risking your own safety but that of uh, several small towns nearby whenever it explodes uh and, and this is another case of somebody running a dating 35 you say you you know you beat the hell out of your tj and it then the the 35 is holding it together is there are there uh, other than controlling the the skinny metal pedal is there any other thing that you've been doing i mean do you change out the the gear oil more often do you do inspections or you just drive it until it breaks that's so funny i was just thinking to myself when's the last time i actually looked at any of that you know Uh i have never changed any of that i never even think about it honestly but i'm kind of leaning towards the fact that i have that posi in the rear and i think that might have something to do with it i guess it could i would think that uh it's a it's not uh it's not what I'm trying to say, it's not locked together all the time. So, uh, it, no. I w- it would lock and unlock depending on the, the traction needs. But, uh, generally speaking, the, the axles, uh, axle shafts and stuff are under more stress whenever you have uh, both of them locked together. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, locker certainly would put a lot more stress on it. Well, that's really so, cool. Uh, yeah. I feel like if it was locked, it would be an issue. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this and I hope you don't mind talking about this, but I'm looking at this, um, website, um, the old sold millennial and okay. you, you mentioned in here and if you don't want to talk about it, it's quite all right. Um, but you talked about this crossroads that you faced, um, about leaving the Jeep life. Leaving. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. No. Do you- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when I started getting into the Jeep stuff, it was a lot different than now. Like I feel like now everything is socially acceptable. Like, you can, I don't, I don't want to offend anyone, but you can be the dumbest girl in the world standing by a Jeep and people will say like, Oh, you're so cool. But when I got into this, it was a lot harder for females. There wasn't really that many. I didn't know any, I tried joining forums to make friends cause I didn't really have any friends, you know, and they were brutal. Like yeah. they were really yeah. mean to me. Yeah. I hear that. That, I, that still does exist by, yeah. Um, I've experienced that probably just over just over a year ago. So no, I get that. Yeah, I joined a forum as a as a girl. It was it was really rough. 
Um, but, uh, we, uh, we have a forum, uh, which, you know, of course you don't have the, uh, the XJ, the, the, the Cherokee, but, uh, xjtalk.com was, uh, was started ex- for that express reason, because there's no sense in God's green earth, why a forum should allow people to be, uh, berated and told that they, they've asked a stupid question or it's been asked a thousand times before. And it just really pissed me off. And I thought people should be able to go to a forum, ask questions. We've all been there. We've all had to learn this stuff. We didn't come out of the womb knowing how to, you know, uh, install and set backlash on a, a differential <laughs> in an axle. So, you know, you got to learn it someplace and you got to have to, you have to ask the dumb questions. Uh, it, it just, you, you have to learn. And, uh, so yeah, I just, it just really winds me up anytime I hear anything about this. So do you still visit forums, even though that you've, uh, you've run across this or did you get turned off of forums completely? Um, well, I mean, for first couple of years, it was pretty brutal. Like I mentioned it in the article that I helped with that, uh, G per, I should say she's actually local. Uh, I, I had people actually taking pictures of me driving down the road and putting it on the form and saying stuff just like, Oh, she copies everybody. And I mean, in reality, wow. every Jeep is going to look somewhat the same, you know? Right. So right. it was, it was scary to me. I was, I was seriously terrified because I felt like if I went somewhere and that one of those people on that form saw me, they were going to like loosen my lug nuts. Like, cause I was reading all these things, but I wasn't really saying much, but I was still taking like, the threats to heart and it gave me such bad anxiety that it took me a couple of years to be more comfortable going places with other Jeep people. And still to this day, I'm a little hesitant to go to Michigan events because they, that Michigan forms were the ones that were personally like super brutal to me. So I'm, I mean, I've, I've outgrown it now and you know, I've been doing it a long time and a lot of those people actually, intensely bullying me came forward and apologized so i i accepted their apology you know and i just kind of hope they learned a lesson from it did you find out why they why were they were attacking you like this you know honestly they never really said anything i mean it, it was it was brutal like i was i was gonna sell the jeep because i was kind of i was more i was just scared like i was sure. just getting a lot of anxiety yeah it makes sense i mean nobody likes to be singled out and uh uh, criticized about things. So, uh, you know, I, I've often heard the best, uh, revenge is, uh, li- leading a good life and, and, uh, your life certainly has, uh, has improved with your Jeep. In fact, uh, you've, uh, I don't want to say sponsorship, but, uh, somebody's giving you some tires for your Jeep, aren't they? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I got last this past year, actually, you know, I mean, I work a lot with companies doing, helping them with marketing stuff, but, I very rarely run their product because I don't want to be a walking promotion. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy just kind of being one of the people, you know, like interacting with everybody. And I like having conversation with people. I don't want people to think that I'm talking about something because this company's making me. So I did get invited to go to a huge uh, release for Firestone's Destination MT2 tire, their brand new tire. And, it was crazy. Like I thought it was a fake email. I was like, why would they contact me? <laughs> right. Right. Did Did you but find you, out what, what was the, uh, the reason behind them contacting you? What was the, uh, I mean, uh, in being in marketing, you obviously want to know what, what it was that where they saw you, where they got the dot, where, where they uh, got the original idea to contact you. Well, did you see how many you know, uh, followers she has on I'm, Facebook? <laughs> That's a lot. 
Is that the reason why they contacted you? Was the the followers on Facebook, or did did you identify? Honestly, I have literally no idea why they contacted me. You got to ask these people <laughs> questions. Why Why were you uh, bullying me? Why <laughs> Why sorry. did you contact me? I mean, I, I want to know these answers because you know we're always trying to market the uh, the Jeep Talk Show here, and I, I just don't know what we're doing wrong. It's probably because I'm I'm an IT person and not not a marketing person. You know, you're honestly, not a, you're not I, a I kind of girl. asked her in the email, and she said that they kind of stumbled upon me on accident. And I was like, well, at least she stumbled upon oh, me. Oh, yeah. Well, right. You, you got to be out there to get stumbled on. Yeah, she oh, yeah. has a, quite a few following on um, Instagram as well, 54K. Well, I'll say this. She's a good sport. Here over the last uh, couple of weeks, I've been giving her a hard time. I saw uh, some of the she, – she made a post, and it was uh, like uh, – I think I made the comment that it was uh, – she's a, uh, a smart-ass emeritus because uh, it was pretty funny with uh, the, the, the grief she was giving somebody. And uh, I, uh, I gave her a hard time on a couple of, uh, a couple of posts, and uh, she was a, a real sport about it, played right along. So – uh, that that bullying probably helped with that, right? You just uh, you just kind of roll with it and throw it back at them. Yeah, I I eat people like you for breakfast. Like, <laughs> oh, there you I go. Do. I am like the witty, like the like. It gave me a great sense of humor. Like, I don't I don't regret being bullied. I guess because you can't really ever take anything back. But I'm I'm honest to God glad that it made me a strong person, and I'm witty, and you know I'm funny and I can roll with the punches. And I think that kind of, you grow into that from an experience of some kind. Yeah. Right. I, I don't want to get stronger. I don't want to get over overly political about it, but this whole no hate campaign and everything that they're uh, anti-bullying thing that's going on. I really think it's a, a bad thing for, uh, especially the kids that are just coming up. You need to learn how to deal with people. People are always going to be saying things about you, whether it's to your face or behind your back. And you <clears> just got to learn how to deal with it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it made me a lot stronger and it, it honestly, it pulled me out of my shell and I started talking to people because I thought, you know what, that's false. I want you to know me, like talk to me. And I think that it gave that to me is it gave me a voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like being in a wolf pack. You have to uh, sink or swim uh, or get chewed up by, uh, by the, the aggressors. Sometimes they can sense that fear and then they go after you because of it. Uh, so, you know, obviously you have, uh, we've mentioned a little bit here that you do have a social media presence. How can uh, people, uh, uh, find out more about you if they don't, uh, you know, if they're not already one of your half billion followers on uh, Facebook? Uh, yeah. Well, if I had a half a billion, I'd probably be rich you right wouldn't now. Be, you yeah. wouldn't be talking to us, would you? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh. Um, my Facebook is Michigan Jeep Girl. My Instagram is Michigan Jeep Girl. You know, I dabble a little bit on Twitter. That's mjg build but you know i'm not too much on there it's it, i just don't get the twitter and i don't get the tweeting type stuff that's not me yeah i do snapchat i love snapchat that's the best way to interact one-on-one -on -one with everyone that follows you mm -hmm. and that's my snapchat's crystal kungle i keep it I, I i didn't intend for that to go public but it kind of got sniffed out and people started following me on there oh you're just too popular they're gonna find you they're gonna uh, put you out there now uh how are you on the instagram i, I know you're on instagram but uh do you do much on instagram oh i i seriously love instagram because i am a statistics freak so i study facebook statistics instagram i even look i've you know i will follow the snapchat stuff too and honestly right now with 
I mean, I'm pretty sure you've noticed Facebook blocks a lot of your posts. Yeah, they do. I feel like Instagram's on its way, but you you got a better presence there right now. Well, that's only because Facebook hasn't screwed it up yet. You know, of course they bought it, so uh, yeah, but they yeah. will, but not yeah. yet. Yeah, it's all about making the dollar. Uh, so it's it's kind of sad, but it's uh, it's fun. Uh, I I forget how I ran across you. Oh, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry. I know we're keeping you really long here, but it's just a very interesting conversation. Uh, all right. Well, great. Thank you very much for being with us uh, tonight. William JG, hang in there with us. We got more show to come. And uh, actually, uh, we got some uh, Nikki G. We, we love our Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I'd like to wish everybody a happy new year. And to remind everybody to be responsible and uh, don't drink and drive. But if you must drink, do the right thing and make sure it's videotaped so we have some uh, good YouTube videos. You could go viral, baby. And uh, under no circumstance should you ever drink and drive. And uh, what's that, officer? Yeah, I'll, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm kind of busy right now. Yes, I mind getting out of the vehicle. And it's cold out there. Why don't you no slide over on. to the passenger side, get get in, get warm, and uh, we'll have a beer and talk about this ticket nonsense. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, uh, Dickie G's got to go. <laughs> and he, he was never heard from again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to start a, a GoFundMe page so we can bail him out of jail, right? <laughs> Cavity search. I don't know you that well. All <laughs> right. Well, that's some Nikki G. And I, I guess that's our last Nikki G for 2017. Going out with a bang. <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to back. <laughs> well, I guess whatever gets you out of a ticket, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Tammy, save us. Uh, you know, give us, give us an eye roll and some uh, product review here. Um, well, this one is from Coyote Premium Wheel Accessories. Now, I don't have a whole lot of upper body strength, and my arthritis is really bad in my hands. So when it comes to changing a tire, um, just your regular old lug nut wrench just doesn't do it for me. So somebody suggested this Coyote Premium Wheel Accessory. Um, tool. It's called a monkey wrench and it has two times the torque compared to standard lug nut wrenches. And I'm showing it right here. If you're watching the show on YouTube, anyway, it has a 21 inch telescoping handle, which gives you more leverage when you're trying to get those pesky lug nuts off your tire. Um, it also comes with some, they call them monkey flip sockets. Um, I have two of them right here and this little monkey wrench extension and they're made of chrome. They're really solid. Um, you can get different sizes of these sockets depending on um, what kind of needs you have for your tires. And it also comes in this really cool carrying pouch. Um, anyway, I think it's a great tool to have um, for changing your tires, especially after they've been put on by those you know, super Hulk guys at the, the, the mechanic shops. Um, it just helps you get those lug nuts off a lot easier. So I would give this item a five stars. Yeah, this is a great item. In fact, I actually wheel with a, with a few guys that run these. One of them, in fact, swears by this. Uh, he, uh, he only has a couple of fingers on one hand. Oh no. Um, Shop teacher. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it was, it was actually a, it, okay, funny. It's it actually a firework, uh, accident oh, uh, back when he was goodness. a kid, but, um, but yeah, no, so he's, he's got, he's got, uh, he's only got three fingers on one hand 
And um, needless to say, you know, things that we take for granted very easily when it comes to using tools and something as easy as, you know, changing a tire, just undoing a lug nut uh, becomes a little bit more of an involved task for somebody who doesn't have all 10 fingers and they don't have the dexterity, um, let alone the hand strength and stuff like that. So with him, he used this, this monkey lug wrench uh, thing and, and he keeps it in the back of his Jeep all the time. Uh, and yeah. I've actually felt I've, I've used this thing before and I felt like, holy cow, I'm going to over torque something yeah. here. I'm going to snap one of my lugs. No, when she says like twice the torque on these things, no joke, folks, this thing puts down some serious torque and it comes out of a small package telescoping lug nut wrench. This thing is definitely a must have for your Jeep. I got something like this uh, for my wife because, you know, uh, it's not unusual for women not to have the uh, the upper body strength uh, that, that men do. And you need that leverage. You get enough leverage, you can mm -hmm. uh, break loose or yeah. tighten anything. Oh, and, yeah. And this is a nice, compact size. It's the one, I, the one I got's a different brand, but it's the same type of idea. I'm sure you guys have seen them. They're, they're small. And if you've got a Wrangler, you ain't got a lot of room for stuff. So anytime that you can find something that's small and very useful like this, it's, it's a great deal. It's a win-win. Have you used what uh, used that one yet, uh, Tammy? Yeah, not um, out of necessity, um, but just to try it out. Yeah, um, yeah, I have. It's, yeah, that, that's it's that, awesome. That, that that's the thing to do. You want to try it before right. you have to use it. Uh, you right. don't you don't learn it on the side of the road or on the trail. No, uh, how's exactly. this thing work? I don't know. Where's <laughs> yeah. <end> this up? <laughs> Oh my God, we're dying down here in Texas. It's like 42 degrees. Oh, whatever. You, sir, you. <laughs> I've got a bone to pick with you, you SOB. You jinxed me last week. Oh, yeah. Ah. I saw the you picture. Know, you said, Yo, well, just wait. You're not going to have your Jeep ready. It's going to snow, and you're going to really need your Jeep. And sure as shit, it snows the day after you Beep. say that. <laughs> I, I no, I I sent you a picture in chat. I was like, "Thanks a lot, Tony." It wasn't much snow. No, it was it was only like uh, like three or four inches, if that. Uh, you know, and, and and out here we get hit a little bit harder because I'm up on a hill, and out towards the east side a little bit more, we get we get a little bit more of that east wind, a little bit cooler out here, and uh, than it is over on the west side of town. But uh, but nonetheless, yeah, that that shut things down for a couple few days. Got a got a bunch of snow, and then some ice rain came in on top of it all, oh. uh, which was just the cherry on top. So I got to thank you for that too. Does it, <laughs> Even uh, though the, the does, Jeep wouldn't have done a whole lot of good in that, but yeah, does uh, but the temp, does the temp get up above freezing for you guys during the day? I mean it, here, if it gets low like that, it, it usually warms up and then goes back down, uh, you know, when, uh, as the daylight well, we get subsides, these, we get these crazy little inversions where, where sometimes during the year we won't fluctuate more than like five degrees and it, and it oh. will be, you know, 40 degrees all day and night, you know, with mm -hmm. just barely a fluctuation. And then you get into spring or fall when we have 40 degree fluctuations where, you yeah. know, what it is in the, in the day, you know, in the morning is completely different than what it is at night. And you, you experience two or three seasons throughout all that. And, uh, so that's, that's a lot, that's good time. Yeah, it's kind but, of the, that's kind of the way it is here uh, in Texas. So you get those forty degree swings. So Josh, you said everything yeah. shut down. Well, more or less. A little I bit mean, of you know, the the sky falls out here in the northwest, and people lose their damn mind. They forget how to drive, oh, and and all it takes is a few raindrops or an errant snowflake, and and people just they just lose their mind. So Michigan Jeep girl, when it snows up there in Michigan, does your whole town shut down? <laughs> No, we're used to the snow here. Yeah. 
That's one thing I found after moving from the north down here to Maryland is like, what? We're shutting down? There's an inch of snow on the ground. Um, it's just, it boggles my mind. Do you guys have snow up there in Michigan? Oh, yeah, we got it right now. We get, we, well, I mean, where I live, we're BFE, so we get hit pretty hard, and we got it pretty hard a couple of days. So, How many inches of snow do you have? Uh, maybe four or five inches. Not too uh-huh. bad. Right. Well, uh, certainly, uh, do you get snow every year? Uh, yeah, I'm sure they do. Is this a joke question? I know. <laughs> I'm in Texas. I, I know. I'm, yeah. I'm from Texas, and uh, there's a lot of misconceptions. Like, you probably think I have an oil well. I have a cousin that has an oil well, okay. but I don't personally have one. So this is a legitimate question. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. we get snow. <laughs> yeah. So you can count on it. Uh, what, what's the, what is the first time you get, uh, that you get snow? What part of the year? Well, you know what's weird is the last couple of years, it seems like it's been a lot less. Um, the end of December, we've been getting snow lately, or sometimes even into January. Mm-hmm. It's not the first of December anymore. So when can you count on it being gone? Is it, is it March or April before, it's all, uh, before it, it stops? Probably sometimes even mm-hmm. May. Oh, really? My goodness. See, being I've seen snow three times in my life because it's it snowed here uh, about I guess about five inches back in the seventies, and I just think snow would be the coolest thing to see and go out and play in. And I'm sure I'm sure you guys were that way the first time you saw it, but but now I would imagine it's just a horrible thing to have to go through because everyone you know life has to continue. You can't just play. You sound so funny. <laughs> oh, I love the snow. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I hate the snow. <laughs> That's what I hear a lot of. So Yeah. Because you, you grew up there, right? So you've lived it your whole life. Yeah, snow is, is, you know, it's fun for like, oh, yay, it's exciting. But after, you know, 15, 20, 25 years of it. But at Christmas time, yeah. isn't it special to have snow no. at Christmas time? It's not. Oh, my no. gosh. We would just love to see snow at Christmas time. They were actually talking about possibility of us having snow, uh, light snow uh, during Christmas, which I, to me, I think would just be amazing. So anyway, um, Tammy, what you what do you got going on? Um, nothing. Actually, um, I talking about that um, JL that Jeff shared a picture of me. Um, this um, dealer is like maybe 30 minutes away from me. I think I'm Saturday. I might head over there and test drive it just to see um, the difference in everything. So um, anyway, other than that, I'm planning my wheel and trips and I actually I Michigan Jeep Girl, my family, we went to Michigan this past summer. We were down, actually it was Michigan City, which is in Indiana. But we are considering going up there right before the Mackinac Bridge, right there um, before you cross over, staying somewhere there. But that would be fun. Maybe um, if we do go there, maybe we could hook up and, you know, meet and say hi. And um, but, but other than that, just planning my wheeling trips and um, getting ready for the new year. Well, cool. I know it's going to be really exciting. We're looking forward to hearing all about those uh, uh, continuing adventures, uh, Tammy. And I'm, I'm sorry, Josh, we kind of went off on another tangent. I was going to ask you, what was, uh, what was it like, uh, your maiden voyage of your XJ after all this downtime? You, sir, really know how to just <laughs> hit right under the belt. I, 
Now, unfortunately, uh, the the maiden voyage has been delayed. Um, you know, Christmas uh, kind of got in the way with uh, with a lot of that. There, uh, the holiday shipping, all that sort of stuff. Rocker arms are on their way, um, but likely aren't going to be here for another couple few days. So, yeah, unfortunately, I'm waiting for parts. Just sitting here twiddling my thumbs. So, well, not gotta, a lot I can do in the meantime. You got to be so anxious at this point, which of course is the the whole reason I for am. the maiden voyage I, comment. <laughs> Because it's like it's like you know I can I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's just I right can there. hear it. I can smell it for that matter. I but can no, taste I'm, I'm it. stuck. I'm right here, right here. Well, we're really looking forward to it. How long has it been now, Josh? Has it been a year? Too long. Yeah, yeah, of course. We'll we'll just we'll just label it like that. That's fine. <laughs> uh, well, you don't have to keep up with no, it. No, it, it has. It's been uh, it's been well. It was a year in July, I think, since Jeez. it saw any road time. So yeah, man, it was. Uh, it's been a little bit. Been a little bit. At, at which point did you think about I'm selling it or burning it? <laughs> that that moment will come uh, if or when this engine goes out. Uh, after this rebuild, if if anything else happens at this point, uh, it's an, it's an, an LS swap or a fiery death off a cliff, one or the other. Well, I'll just make sure it's the Jeep and uh, you don't drive it over the over yourself. Yeah. Um, so I've got, uh, you know, Christmas, same thing, same thing here. I got Christmas, uh, I had to go through and, uh, uh, the big, the big tax season is, uh, is upon us. So by the, uh, the end of January, I got to come up with like three grand, almost four grand to pay on the property taxes and stuff. So after that, I may get a, a, a transfer case chain. Oh, and I'll throw this out there again. If you're in the Houston area, uh, uh, or you're, maybe you have a way of getting something down here for free, throwing on the back of somebody's truck or something. If you got an MP 242 J transfer case, uh, like a 97 or later, uh, or a, uh, a 231, I'm actually considering going with a 231. Now, so many people have told me just put a 231 in it. That way you can just get away from the problems that you're having with a stretch chain. Uh, and of course, I can always uh, put a larger chain uh, on the 231. Uh, if you got one that you want to donate, uh, more than happy to uh, to get that from you. If you're in the Houston area and you got one to sell for 100, 150 bucks, which I think is like kind of the going rate, especially on the 231s, uh, happy to buy one from you. Uh, I, don't, I don't have to have charity. I just want to know a transfer case that I can put in my Jeep so I can take it off road. I... You guys remember all the on-road uh, overheating problems I was having. It would, oh, yeah. you know, g- gradually creep up, uh, and, and any driving anywhere for an hour was just really out of the question because it was just going to get too hot. I was going to have to pull over and let it cool down before I could continue on my trip. It just wasn't worth uh, risking uh, my daily driver. Well, I finally figured out what the issue was with the uh, the gradual overheating, uh, and uh, now. I just want to take it out. I mean, I've done all these modifications to it. I would yeah. like to take it off road. I think it'd be, yeah. a, I think it'd be so much fun to get out there so, and actually use it for what it's been designed. Let me ask you, let's say a listener gives you a call tomorrow. Say, Hey, I got a, I got, you know, a two thirty one or a two forty two sitting here. Take your pick. Um, you know, are you going to use it as kind of like a workbench build? Are you going to build a super two thirty one? Are you going to build a super two forty two? Are you, are you going to really build this up before you, put it in or are you just be like, all right, I'm just going to do this swap and get it over with. Well, in my configuration, I can't just swap it because I have the SYE kit from, uh, from Tom Woods. Uh, that would be uh, starting all over, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I would at least have to get another, uh, SYE shaft, uh, from Tom Woods and, and a, a, a tail cone, tail cone, tail cone, yeah. uh, to go on there. Uh, the drive shaft would be fine. 
Uh, and this, I'm going to be in the same boat with the, uh, the 231. I would need to uh, either, I'd have to check with Tom, frankly, to see if the, if the, the, the uh, drive shaft that I had would work even with an SYE kit on the 231. So I would be looking at using one of these things as a, a way to build up uh, completely a transfer case and do the swap and then take the 242 I have out and then work on it. And, and, it, and it might be a super 242. Ah, I see where you're going. Okay. And then I would yeah. just, I would just drive the hell out of that 242 or 231 that I had in there until it was an issue. And then I'd swap it out. And then at my leisure uh, on the bench, I could actually work on the one that I took out. I would just like to have a swappable transfer case or an Atlas. Yeah. I'm, an Atlas uh, would I'm be fine of, too. <laughs> yeah, really though. Kind of in the same boat myself. I got, I got a 242 in there. The, uh, the one that was in there, uh, got busted up, but now, so I have two 242s. One has good internals and, um, uh, and a broken case. Uh, the other one, the internals are, well, they're kind of, uh, in, in a little bit of a, a, a bit of a question right now. Um, and, and the case is fine. So, uh, both of them have an S, uh, has have a slip yoke eliminator, so I've got two oh, slip yoke eliminators for a 242. Um, one of which will end up, you know, eventually going up for auction or something like that. But uh, but yeah, I did, the thought of building a Super 242 has crossed my mind a little bit. It's in there. I've got the parts. I've got the parts to do a direct swap. All I'm really missing at this point is another case. You know what? Which direction do I go with this? So, you know, it's, 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 I, I wanted to kind of pick your brains a little bit, kind of see where you were with that, because, you know, you and I are, are almost in the same boat. Well, you know, I didn't know about the Super 242 until you told me about it. I thought I was going to have to go with the 231 if I wanted something that was beefier than stock. Certainly not as easy of a build as a Super 242. Roughly the same, roughly the same science going into this, if you will, but just the ability to source the parts is going to be a little bit tougher is all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not as popular. Uh, so Michigan Jeep girl, you're here in the woods with us. Uh, don't get nervous. Uh, so yeah. anything, uh, going on, any plans, uh, coming up, uh, what'd you get for Christmas? Any, any of that stuff? Um, not too much going on. I've, I have a lift kit and stuff for my JK and tires, but it just seems like I need the Jeep to get to work every day. And I just can, can't be down right now to be doing this lift kit and stuff for fun. I got to pay the bills oh gee what a bummer i know I, I i sat on a lift kit for i think six months before i put it in one time and that was that in my living room here's this lift kit i pass by it you know a dozen times a day i have to look at it uh, nope not not ready for it yet can't do it yet nope timing's not ready okay now ready go <laughs> it's just like it was torture sitting there with this lift kit i've got this this sexy goodie to add to the jeep and i can't because the timing's not right it mocks you you walk by and it mocks you kind of like the alarm long arms that you have. Indeed, very similar. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, you don't have a belly pan for the, for those long arms. So that's going to be a, uh, an investment. And plus you're going to have to, well, you know, people that can weld for you. So that shouldn't be that big a deal. I've got a welder. I know. I oh, weld. did you? I didn't know. I didn't oh, yeah. know. You don't have an air tank. You don't have an air compressor and an air tank, but you got oh, a welder. I do have an air compressor as well. Yes. I have 175 pound uh, or 175 PSI, 20 gallon, uh, air compressor out there. Ah, good. You learned your lesson when you were taking out those, uh, uh, what was it? The inserts that go into the leaf springs. Oh, those leaf spring. I bolt. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. leaf spring bushings. God, bushings, that was yeah. a pain in the ass. That's a great thing for it with an air hammer chisel. Just yeah. chisel that little bastard out of there. 
<laughs> so do you have some of these goodies whenever you work on uh, on your uh, your Jeep MJG? Is it you got it? You got the compressor. You got the welder. Uh, yeah, I think you did say something about welding in the in the interview. Yeah, I got, we got the compressor um, welder. I don't. I I am not a welder, so I'm not gonna pretend I'm a welder. And you know, <laughs> honestly, you know what I love is the impact. I love the impact. Oh yes. And yeah. I'm. Oh my god. On the go. On the fly. I love it. Yeah, I need to get a little bit uh, better compressor, uh, a little bit larger tank uh, to to use the half inch impact that I have. But it makes uh, it makes life so much nicer. Well, the first one I got, which I took it back to the oh, the no. store, that kills scared me. the living crap out of me. I guess um, I just need to be more patient and try it out. But it's just so powerful. You were that was an electric impact that you had, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. It yeah. was. Those things are expensive. So, yeah, it's amazing! That, it's amazing what they're doing with batteries nowadays. I mean, this the, yeah. the whole idea of an impact wrench with uh, all that torque running off a battery is amazing to me. When I was a kid, we had D-sized batteries, and they lasted ten minutes, and you were happy. Well, it's almost a new year, and that means setting up those off-road events calendars. If you guys know of an off-road event that's happening in 2018, we want to know about it too. No matter how big it is, no matter how small. We want to get the word out. Shoot us an email with some details, and we'll be sure to add it into the show. Better yet, call our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102 and leave a message night or day telling us about the event in your own words. Hey, please take a moment and take our survey at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. We just get a little more information about who listens to the show. And don't forget about our flash briefing on the Amazon Echo. Just say, uh, Alexa, uh, enable... Jeep Talk Show. Yeah, Michigan. (laughs) Well, we love hearing from our listeners, Jeepers. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, Google Plus, pretty much all over the interwebs. Just go to your favorite social media site and search for Jeep Talk Show. You will find us. Join us on the Jeep Talk Forum. Picture stories, more detailed how-to, or ask questions of the host. That's jeeptalkforum.com. Hey, and you can call us anytime and leave us a voicemail at 530-675-675. 4102 and you'll even hear it on our show that's right and don't forget we have a free app for your phone or tablet that's right just go to the apple store or google play and search for jeep talk show hey and if you're making a purchase online or at amazon be sure and go to jeeptalkshow.com slash amazon first that's right. We thank you in advance for using that link. And don't forget, Jeepers, we want to hear your suggestions for guest interviews here on the show. Drop us a line and let us know who you would like to hear on the next Jeep Talk Show interview. Hey, folks, and don't forget to follow me on my awesome Jeep journey at my blog on www.jeepmama.com. And if you're in the in the market for professional voiceover services, please hit me up over at thevoiceofjosh.com. Reach me directly, josh at thevoiceofjosh.com. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook, circles like Vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation and wheeling destinations in as good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stand designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. I missed that last part. Redlightly.org.
Broadcasting since 2010. Well, we have Michigan, Michigan Jeep Girl. I'm going to start that mm-hmm. one again. Well, we have Michigan. <laughs> this may, Please this make may, a blooper reel. This may stay yeah. in. Take 500. Michigan. All right. Well, uh, you've heard uh, uh, MJG, Michigan Jeep Girl, here off and on through uh, through the show. Now we're going to hear more from her for uh, in this, uh, this uh, interview that we're going to be doing with her. Uh, Michigan Jeep Girl, are you ready? Yep. <laughs> Can you say Michigan again, please? Michigan. Yeah. Oh, Michigan. yeah. You should have heard. Yeah, you should have heard him, Josh. He could not say Michigan. Oh no, I I, I heard it. Yeah, I, he was here. Oh yeah, for about three takes there before we got around, so it's all good. Well, yeah, but uh, let, let me let's be serious here. Me not being able to say words is a, is a long, long tradition here on the show. Oh, very, very long. 